0: From time to time during the How Did We Miss That podcast, we may talk about details of crimes that some may find triggering or disturbing. Listener discretion is highly advised. did we miss that? Hello, and welcome back to another episode of How Did We Miss That? I am Christine.
1: And I am John. How are you today? I'm excellent. How are you? Doing well. I'm excited about our download numbers. Yeah, they're insane, right? Yeah, they've been doing
0: really great. I'm super excited about it.
1: Yeah, we have a couple different podcasts going on, and I have a solo one that's taken off, and you have this one, and they've almost met or eclipsed the number of our original podcasts that we've been doing for eight months. I know. I think it's awesome.
0: I'm excited about it. I love it. Well, I've got an interesting story for you today. I've kind of been thinking about like the types of stories that I've done and I'm trying to do a variety of stories so it's not all the same type of story. And I've done, you know, some murders and I've done some missing people and... The cult. The cult. Yeah. Yeah. Well, today I have for you a woman serial killer. We don't hear about them very often.
1: No, we sure don't. You know, you don't don't. hear about women killers, women terrorists very much. And they all are, everyone's capable of bad things, no matter what your gender. So it's good. I'm glad you're giving fair play here.
0: (laughs) Yes. So I chose this one specifically because when I read about it, I thought, wow, we really don't hear about this very often. So I was very interested in this case. Um, My sources for this particular uh, case is Rolling Stone Magazine by Melissa Locker from... Not October. Excuse me. Wow. I'm really tired tonight. (laughs) August 17th of 2016. And from episode 34 of the Court Junkie podcast, which this was a very in-depth episode. I very much enjoyed it. And I got lots of good information from it. So if you want some more information, check that one out. They even have like some court testimony on tape which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. She had to hear like everyone's voices and it was pretty chilling. So go check that out if you want some more information. So the story kind of starts in October of 2015. A woman named Terry went into the Iron River Police Department to report that her 53-year-old ex-boyfriend Chris Regan had been missing for two weeks. She claimed that she had checked in on his apartment and found that it was disheveled And it left her very concerned. His family had gone looking for him and they found his abandoned car in a park and ride a few miles from his home. And inside was his knee brace, which was odd because he always wore that. So it was strange for him to not have it with him. And then on the seat was a yellow post-it note with directions written on it. So Terry had told police that it was normal for Chris to write down directions of places he was going to go to. I guess he just didn't have a great memory. So he'd write him down so he knew where to go. And it did not take long for authorities to determine that he was indeed missing because he hadn't shown up for work in two weeks. He also missed an appointment for a physical exam that he had scheduled for October 15th. And as I said previously, his apartment was also very disheveled and there were moving boxes all over the place though. They did say he was expected to start a new job on November 10th, which kind of explains the moving boxes, but none of that information explained whether he was gone like voluntarily like he just wanted to leave if he had run away or if something worse had happened to him. So an investigation ensues and they decide to go to his old place of work. So because I told you, he was supposed to start a new job. So they went to the old place that he worked at and they spoke to a supervisor who gave uh, the police a tip that they decided to look into deeper. She told them that he had been having an affair with a married woman who actually was another employee.
1: Uh oh, yeah, not good. The old saying: don't poop where you work, or don't poop where you eat.
0: Yeah, don't. Poop where <laughs> yeah,
1: so that also applies to don't date where you work and um those things. Yes. Yeah, not good.
0: So her name was Kelly Cochran.
1: Any relation to Johnny? I, I don't think so. <laughs> She's the only famous Cochran I know.
0: I mean, I guess so. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. not anymore. Not after this story. Okay. It was then that they found out that the yellow sticky note with the driving directions was actually to Kelly's home. Once questioned, Kelly said that she was having an affair with him, but that her husband knew and that he was okay with it. Her story was that she would frequently go to his apartment, like three to four times a week, to have dinner with him. She would come over in the evening and leave around 7.30ish at night because Chris went to bed early. He also had been over to her home just a couple of times within you know, the last few months with the last time he was there between two and three weeks ago. So if you remember, he's been missing for two weeks.
1: Yeah. Something nefarious is afoot.
0: Perhaps. (laughs) When investigators asked if she thought her husband, Jason, would ever hurt Chris, she said no because he knew that it would hurt her and he would never do that to her. When they asked if he had ever threatened or been violent towards her, she also said no. Hmm jason however painted a completely different picture while kelly was stone-faced and calm he was very emotional and he even broke down and cried a couple of times during the um, interview he said that he knew about her numerous affairs and that he was not okay with them and that their relationship was rocky because of his own mental health the differing stories left police with some unanswered questions and some piqued suspicions
1: yeah, I'd say that story sounds a little uh, off. Just yeah, I a mean, bit, I don't know, you know?
0: what... I don't know. No, I can't say that because there are different relationships out there. But I can't imagine too many spouses would be completely okay with extramarital affairs.
1: Y- yeah, I mean, y- that's weird. You and I don't think that way and a lot of... I'd say the yeah. majority of married couples don't, but you'd be surprised. There are quite a few out there that we see on TV or hear about in... Yeah, that's true. Well, that's why I kind life. of... No, it's totally cool. a little My, bit. Yeah. But <laughs> My spouse can do whatever they want. I'm always like secretly jealous, but also at the same time that sounds secretly like. Secretly jealous? Well, we have a different <laughs> show for this. Let's not get into it. I'm just saying like it sounds like a complete shit show and hard to manage. I like, But at the same time, it would be like, oh, I wonder what that's like. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Not like anyway. I want to do it. I'm just curious about how. The, I gotcha. I'm a logistics analytical guy, so I'm very curious how this works. Yeah, it is. Logistically, it's it's very strange to me. Yeah, very weird.
0: Anyway, so after the initial interviews, Chief Rizzo, who was the lead chief at the time, had noticed a lot of inconsistencies in Kelly and Jason's stories. So she decided to bring them in again so that she could talk to them. She asked Kelly to recount the last time that she had seen Chris. Kelly told her that it was on October 14th. She said that she had made him dinner. She said specifically lasagna. Um, and that I, she ha- I love a good lasagna I know, is delicious. delicious Yeah And that she had also made Garlic bread in a skillet Which is I thought that was so weird That she added that touch But she did
1: <laughs> She's very detailed This Very one. detailed Yeah
0: That uh, they ate dinner And that she had washed All the dishes in the sink Oddly though Chief Rizzo had noticed That when they did a search Of Chris's home There were still dishes Piled in the sink And then there was a huge Moving box in the way made, Which made it pretty clear That there was no way That she could have done The dishes Right Besides all of this, there were no remnants of anything like lasagna or garlic bread in the
1: apartment. And those both leave remnants. Lasagna is hard to clean up after.
0: Oh, yeah. It's hard to get off the little.
1: Yeah. It's stuck to the pan usually. And if you made garlic bread in a skillet instead of on the cookie sheet, there's going to be that same stickage going on. I do a lot of dishes. I know.
0: (laughs) I also don't know many people who can make lasagna for exactly two people. Like, ah, don't you impossible. think there'd be what leftovers? Kind of, I, mean, I mean I don't know. Well, that's just does how it go I go into
1: detail whether it's homemade or like a stove. Yeah, she said thing.
0: she well, she said she made lasagna. Yeah, I mean so I'm I assuming. Mean,
1: it's impossible. I don't know of any recipe out there Italian foods family style, baby. You don't right, make I like know. a two portion lasagna. So that's not.
0: what I think they're alluding to, Fake that news. there wasn't anything left yeah. over that would have you know corroborated BS, her story. Even more inconsistent was that investigators were able to find a video of Chris at around 4 the afternoon of his disappearance at a BP gas station, which was the very last video that would ever be taken of him alive. There were also calls between Chris's cell phone and Jason's cell phone, along with text messages between the hours of 4.30 and 5.15, which is exactly when Kelly said that she was with Chris. Hmm. Of course, she had an answer for why Jason's phone would be calling Chris because she's got an answer for everything. She said she would sometimes use her husband's phone if hers ran out of minutes. Remember minutes when we used to have minutes?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Crazy.
0: (laughs) Or if it was broken, but that still doesn't explain why she was texting and calling him when they were apparently supposed to be together. Yeah. So Chief Rizzo's like, why this isn't adding up? Yeah. Five months after Chris initially went missing, a search warrant was finally served on Kelly and Jason's home. They seized two guns and both of their cell phones. But Kelly and Chris had been spooked and decided it was time to leave the area. They moved to Kelly's parents' house in Indiana. A week later, police got a call that Kelly and Jason's house had been broken into. When they got there, they discovered Kelly's relatives were removing some of their belongings. So investigators decided to get another search warrant immediately when all this was going on. And this time it was clear that kelly and jason had left in a hurry all of their clothes were gone they'd taken the mattress and the comforter from their bedroom as well as a couple other items one of them being a notebook with a story that jason was writing and the subject it was it was really odd the subject of the story he had kind of like written a summary it was um about hunters and prey so it was a little odd story
1: yeah it was he known to be a short story teller or author
0: No, but I guess he had this journal that he was like writing ideas for stories down, I guess. Hmm. Okay. In May 2015, they did another sweep, but this time they did it with cadaver dogs. So I don't know whoever's not familiar with cadaver dogs. They are dogs that are trained to smell dead flesh or blood, stuff like that.
1: That's my new uh, death metal band, the cadaver Cadaver dogs. dogs. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, anyway, they alerted around some wooden planks that were at the home but not much else. There was nothing else that they were able to find. The investigation continued with no further leads or information to back up the police's suspicion. But then, in February 2016, something happened that changed everything.
1: Real quick, can I interject a Mm -hmm. note on dogs? Sure. Just to educate the audience, is that everyone kind of thinks that, whether it's a bomb dog or a drug dog, or in this case a cadaver dog, that if they alert, hook, line, and sinker, I got it. But that's not always the case with dogs. Dogs are animals, number one, and they're kind of finicky sometimes. Like, for example, a bomb dog can alert on the smell of food. They shouldn't if they're well-trained. But the point I'm making is that even though they alerted on something, that doesn't seal your case. Because you have to factor in, especially in the court of law, that this is an animal. They could have alerted on anything at that point, not necessarily what we suspect is happening. Right. Right. If that makes sense.
0: Well, and I think that's kind of why the investigation kind of went cold at this point point. They, they didn't have anything else. It's just, they alerted on those wooden planks and then that was it. I think based on what they could see, there wasn't anything there. So they kind of just let it go. But like I said, in February, it, everything fell apart because Jason Cochran was found dead from an apparent heroin overdose. And this is where things start to get really Interesting. Three weeks after Jason's death, Kelly received a call from a man named Walt who had told her that he was one of Jason's dearest friends and that Jason had given him a letter with a sealed envelope inside that stated if anything should happen to him, that Walt was to take the envelope and turn it into the Iron River Police Department. During the call, you can hear Kelly begin to panic and ask him not to do that. Eventually, after minutes of Walt letting her know that he was going to, no matter what, You know, he was, this was his very good friend. He
1: was going to stick up for
0: him. She concedes and seems like she's going to just hang up and say, that's it. But then she breaks down and begs him not to turn in the letter to the police department. What would come out later though, was that the letter didn't even exist. Walt was, you know, like I said, Chris's friend. And he decided to work with the police department to try to get Kelly to admit what they had done. It was part of a larger psychological scheme cooked up by a detective on the case named Jeremy Ogden. So he decided to play some little psychological games with her and he used Chris's friend Walt to do that.
1: Interesting. Little shenanigans going on there.
0: Yeah. Well, there's more. Of course. There's always there's more. There's always more.
1: Always more.
0: That's why I love true crime. Then, it's the first best. of all, it
1: wouldn't be if it wouldn't be on the show if it was just like this happened and then this and then happened it's and, it, we're it, and we're done. We're done. It wouldn't make it to this uh, platform at all. So there's always more. Yes, there is. We should change the name of this podcast to There's Always More. There's Always More.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Trying to get her to believe that Jason was giving her up, Detective Ogden didn't stop at the letter. After watching her drive several days in a row to a wooded area... And sit by some trees, he decided he was going to meet her there one day and leave a message for her because he was sensing that she was beginning to waver in her story. Without, you know, Jason there to kind of be her sounding board and her partner in this, she kind of started to falter a little bit in what she was saying. He decided to carve Chris is here on a tree close to where she would sit. On March 29th, he went to the wooded area to wait for her so he could see her reaction to the message. He saw her truck coming over the bridge. She got out and walked toward the trees and very quickly came running back to her truck, got back in and sped off out of the park.
1: Yeah, I, I'll say that's creepy.
0: <laughs> yeah. He decided later that day to go and visit Jason's family. While he was visiting them, he was receiving phone calls and texts. The text messages were from a desperate Kelly, and he was worried that she was going to kill herself. He decided to go and visit her later that day, and this is when her story begins to crumble. She told him that they had actually had lasagna at her house, Uh-oh. her and her and Chris. So this is a new story now.
1: Yeah, get your lasagnas in a row. I know her
0: lasagnas all over the place. Yeah. So again, they had had lasagna at her house, and they began having sex upstairs in the bedroom. Like Jason, you do, like you do
1: after lasagna. After yeah. I don't know after lasagna, <laughs> I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> I know that's like the worst sex. You're like oh, oh God, so yeah. heavy. How do the Italians do it, man? I don't
0: know. <laughs> Jason was not supposed to know that he was there, but he suddenly appeared and shot Chris in the head. She panicked and tried to help him, giving him CPR, but he had already died. So she said "She said Jason then dismembered him with a machete. Oh, boy. And demanded that while he was doing this, she cook him dinner.
1: That's right, bitch.
0: Yeah. So she said she was so scared for her life that she went and did as he said, because she was scared he was going to kill her too. Mm. So he requested a burger and French fries. And so that's what she went to cook him <laughs> while again, he was dismembering him with a machete and a knife. And then they disposed of his body in the woods.
1: Did he get the burger? I mean, I'm assuming I hope so. she cooked it. Yeah.
0: She agreed to help the police locate Chris's body. But before that, she had another interview with detective Rizzo, who was the lead detective on the case a year and a half ago. Detective Rizzo stated that her demeanor was confrontational and that she seemed really angry. She asked if they would finally leave her alone after this. And she really wanted to see the letter that she was told was in their possession. So at this point, Detective Ogden, he comes in and tells her you're never going to see that letter because <laughs> he knew there wasn't a letter.
1: Yeah, exactly. So he told
0: her there's no way that that's not going to happen. Right, right. Um, But she's still she's like angry. She's confrontational, which is weird. Like if you're finally getting all this off your chest, you think you would be. Uh, I don't know. I think your demeanor would be different if, if what you say is true, that it was your husband that did this and not you.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I mean, that's uh, hard to tell in those situations. You yeah. Know I, I don't mean? know how I would be. You're right. We I, can, we can uh, Monday morning quarterback at all we want, but unless you're in that scenario and whatever's going on in your screwed up brain, who, you know, who knows?
0: Yeah. I don't know. After the interview session, she led them to the woods where she said they buried Chris's body but investigators were not able to find anything. She was then taken back to her and Jason's home and agreed to do a video reenactment of what happened the night Chris was killed.
1: We don't hear that every day. No, oh, that's weird, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Video reenactment.
1: Yeah, strange.
0: But during the reenactment, her story changed yet again. Instead of being in the bedroom having sex where she said they were, she said they were in the by the back door and Jason came up from the basement and shot him.
1: I think what she meant to say was It was, he was doing it in my back door in the bedroom. (laughs) don't think so. (laughs) No? (laughs) No.
0: So in this particular story of hers, she said that he shot him in the back of the head and her and Jason, not Jason, excuse me, her and Chris went tumbling down the stairs and that's what killed him. Okay. Okay. The detectives could see that her demeanor immediately changed. They could tell she was trying to calculate a story and think of the evidence that was there and how it would all fit together to help her in this
1: case. And that, if you're a trained investigator, that yeah, is easy exactly. to pick up on. <laughs> that, exactly. When the wheels start turning, the body language comes out big time.
0: Yeah. So later on the drive back to the police department, Detective Ogden recalls a strange conversation that he had had with Kelly. In this conversation, she revealed that she had been training in forensics and psychology. At that moment, he accused her of learning all these things, not because she was trying to help people, but because she wanted to try to get away with what she had done.
1: Mm, okay.
0: She continued the conversation and revealed tiny bits of information about the case. But one thing she said really shocked him. She said that Jason had had other victims. Mm. So.
1: hmm. Interesting.
0: Yeah. On March 29th of 2016, Kelly led detective Ogden to deep river park, which is located in Hobart, Indiana. Hobart. Hobart. She had claimed that Jason had disposed of a body in the water there she brought detective Ogden to the water's edge and explained that when it had happened, the water level was much lower than it was then. She started to get agitated that detective Ogden was not bringing more people out there, but he explained to her that he needed more proof because I felt like she was just leading them on a wild goose chase to try to divert attention away from her in the investigation. He kept trying to get information out of her about who this person was and when this happened but all she could tell him was really vague information and it was not helpful at all. She then told the detective that there was another body on the other side of the park and led them past a a model airplane field. You know, those where you can go and fly little model airplanes.
1: Yeah. We've seen them in some parks around here. Yeah, They have like a mini uh, runway and all that. Yeah.
0: Right. So she led them past this field onto the other side of the lake that they were just at um, and told them there was a body right there and that the murder weapon was also nearby at a tree They all dug and dug and dug and they found absolutely nothing. So again, the detectives didn't find anything. Detective Ogden was like upset with her kind of like said, forget you. You kind of blew her off. So a few days later, she called frantically and said that she had found human remains in the park that she had brought him to and that he needed to come right there right then. But he didn't feel like it was safe for his team. And he asked her instead to take a picture with her camera and send it to him. And she claimed her camera doesn't work.
1: Oh, the old hmm. camera doesn't work trick. This detective yeah. uh, Ogden is a wily veteran. He's, He's smart. very Wily. He's good.
0: So he told her, I'm gonna have to meet you there later. Yeah. So he went. It not, I wouldn't say it was a long time that it took him to get there. It was fairly quickly after mm-hmm. she called. Yeah. He ended up going there. Um, And he asked her as soon as he got there, can I have your phone for a minute? And he took a picture of her and handed it back.
1: (laughs) I guess it works now.
0: And then just walked away. Yeah. So.
1: Smart. This guy. I like this guy. I know. He's one of the good ones.
0: Right. And of course, there were no bones. So he accused her of just wasting their time. Over the next few months, she continued to communicate with the detective through phone calls and text messages and some meetings. And even though her behavior was getting weirder and weirder, they still refused to arrest her. I mean, I guess I didn't necessarily have anything but weird on her. Like, She's just weird, I guess. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I, feel don't, like it, I don't <laughs> think you
1: can arrest on uh, reasonable suspicion, which that is the technical term for this seems weird. Yeah. I think you have to have actually cause to to arrest.
0: I don't know. I just feel like the inconsistencies in, inconsistencies in her stories were just crazy.
1: Yeah, they she, are. But I don't know, like. We've seen that a hundred times. You have to have they don't want to waste their time with something that's going to get thrown out. So it has to have yeah, some type of unadmissible proof in order to pull the trigger on something like that.
0: Right. But I mean, she initially claimed that Chris was shot in the bedroom, but then she changed her mind and said he was shot walking up the stairs in the back of the head. But then she changed her mind again and said he was shot downstairs while they were having sex. Right. Well, she told detectives that at one point she was upstairs and gave herself three stitches because she had hit her head while she was falling down the stairs.
1: I got you. It's all very hinky law enforcement term for weird. But if all this, if they arrest her and all this goes to trial or whatever, she's more likely to get like, what do they call it? Um, Mental. What do they call this? My brain's not working right now. She's going to be like a psychiatric issue because her story is all over oh, the place. like insanity? Yeah, she's going to be deemed like insane or nuts or whatever, and then poof, the case is gone. So they'd rather kind of, it's like, um it's like fishing, just keep reeling it in, reeling it in, eventually yeah. she's going to hang herself, you know? Right.
0: Well, so, you know, eventually her story had said things like Chris had died immediately, but then she said she performed CPR at one time. She went from not having anything to do with it to Jason shooting him in the head and she didn't know about it to now Jason's a serial killer and killed a bunch of people. And she was an abused and battered wife, which is a story that she ends up at at this point in our tale.
1: That is the uh, common go to if you've run out of all other reasons or excuses.
0: So if you can believe it, the story gets even weirder. Right before she was supposed to meet with Detective Ogden again, she sent him a text message asking him if he's ever been to the West Coast and saying that she's been driving all night. Since he knew she was on the run, he finally issued an arrest warrant. Kelly was promptly arrested at a relative's house, the State Troopers founder. What were yeah. those people called?
1: State Troopers.
0: Are they straight? No, they had a name. State. Stateies? No. U.S. Marshals? Yes. The yes. U.S. Marshals founder. Yeah. At a relative's house, I think, in Kentucky, from what I remember, and brought in and charged her with murder.
1: Murder. Murder. I love it.
0: In the jail, Detective Ogden met with her again. This time, she said that she did have something to do with the murder because she lured Chris to his death. She knew that Jason would not be happy that she had an affair because they had made a pact on their wedding night. Ready (laughs) to hear this? This is an interesting pact. Yeah. And I'm really glad that we did not make this pact.
1: Well, we did make one for better, for worse, whatever, sickness and health. Right. Well, this Everybody is a different Everybody makes one.
0: a pact. So this pact says that if one was unfaithful to the other, that it was the spouse's duty to kill the lover. <laughs> and if they couldn't kill their <laughs> lover, then it was the other spouse's duty to kill that spouse.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. I Interesting. Kinda, I kind of dig that pact. You're upset we didn't do that?
0: Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Since she knew that she couldn't kill Chris because she loved him, she just decided to lure him to his death and have Jason do it. Hmm. She also revealed that Jason not only had more victims, but that she did as well. Detective Ogden stated that she had given him lists on
1: several occasions of people that she had killed. So I have a question. Yeah. Maybe you're going to get to this. Does she have this long list of victims because of a lot of cheating going on?
0: They have not said, and they actually haven't been able to... I'll I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Though they've not been able to substantiate any of that information. (laughs) Very next sentence. (laughs) Bingo. Thank you. (laughs) Excellent. Her brother actually claims to know that the number is nine. Okay. Which would make her the worst female serial killer in American history, surpassing Eileen Vernos with seven victims. Wow. She finally agreed to bring the detectives to where they had disposed of Chris's body. This time, they were able to locate his skull. Mm. they asked her where the rest of the body was she said she had no idea i don't know why she would know where the head is not the rest of the body but that's a different story now that she was being charged for this murder there was still another that she would be charged with as well kelly finally confessed to the murder of jason she said her motive was revenge she hated him for killing her lover she said that she had given him a lethal dose of heroin and then held her hand over his nose and mouth while he asphyxiated on his own vomit
1: oh man yeah. Crazy.
0: Well, so I didn't put this in my notes, but in some of the story that I heard, she actually had asked Detective Ogden earlier what he thought was the worst way to die. And she already knew the answer to the question, and it was either drowning or asphyxia. Mm-hmm. So she They're chooses this. Kind of the same almost. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, he essentially drowned in his own vomit.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: she awful. said he looked up at her while he died with a scared look in his eyes. She also said, quote,
1: she hasn't lost a night's sleep. Wow. Yeah. This woman's pure So evil. she's,
0: yeah, she's a nice lady, huh? Yeah.
1: I bet she makes one hell of a lasagna, though. I'm sure she does.
0: <laughs> so apparently stories are saying in the, you know, while she was on trial, she talked to the prosecution, the prosecuting attorney started mm-hmm. talking to her about this, saying, but wait a minute, I thought you said you were scared of your husband. That you were so scared of him that you made him dinner while he's dismembering your boyfriend because you thought he was going to kill you. And yet, n- first of all, you can have an affair. Like, if you're so scared of somebody, why would you even yeah think to do that? And then you can kill him and be like so completely heartless. It sounds like, too, while she was in jail, she made shanks out of her glasses and tried to attack anybody that ever came anywhere near her. So she's a she's an interesting bird yeah, here.
1: She's a uh, she's dangerous. Yeah, she's the so, real deal.
0: She has since been sentenced to 65 years for Jason's death as well. So she is life in prison for uh, the death of Chris and her involvement in that. And she was also given 65 years for Jason's. So she's going to be how old is she? Do we know dying in prison? Um, at the point of her
1: testimony, I believe she was in her 30s, like mid 30s. And you know, it's not talked about very often, but um, women's prisons are pretty rough. Maybe even rougher than men's. Sometimes a lot of cat fights going on. A lot of uh, yeah. a lot of shivs to the neck. It's mm-hmm. uh, pretty wild.
0: Yeah. So that was the story of alleged female serial killer Kelly Cochran.
1: Alleged sounds pretty uh, legit to me. Well, yeah.
0: I mean, she gave them a list, and they can't seem to substantiate any of the information so far. But we'll see how it goes.
1: All right. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks. Thanks for finally giving the ladies their due. <laughs> I'm tired of being always... And lately, it's always been like, oh, the boyfriend or the husband is the prime suspect. Right. F that. Come mm-hmm. on. I know. All right. Well, like you mentioned in the beginning that we've done... I don't know how many episodes we're in now. Five this or six, gonna, eight, something like that. Yeah. So, I've covered a bunch of types of conspiracy things. This is less of a conspiracy theory and more of kind of an urban legend or myth. Ooh, I like those. Um, and I've covered some pretty heavy stuff like... You know, just casual Nazis, Hitler. You know, no big deal. Assassinations. This one's a little bit fun. Oh, I have okay. very, I have I very limited research to read from because I actually lived a lot of this in my oh. former job.
0: I think your your Denver airport one was kind of fun.
1: Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, that was fun. It was. You're right. But the last couple have been about like assassinations I gotcha. and, and I know Hitler and whatever. So this time it's about Walt Disney. Oh. Potentially being frozen. I've heard this one. So he can come back at a later date. Oh. <laughs> now would be good, Walt, to bring some hope and inspiration to the that world. That would
0: be good, yeah.
1: I think that the timing is now, Walt, Although if you I don't hear know.
0: me. I mean, he's been frozen, apparently, for so long. I don't know if I'd want to come back in 2020. Well, th-
1: think about it as, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but it's like uh, Captain America. He was frozen and he came back like he didn't miss a beat. So Walt would come back and... All of his Walt glory. It's not like he's a thousand years old now or anything. He'd come back just as he yeah, was. Yeah, I like it. When he passed and all the uh, hope and inspiration and creativity and all that good stuff. But this is perfect because on the day we record this, it's Mickey Mouse's birthday.
0: It is Mickey's so birthday today. Segue.
1: So, anyway, Walt Disney, he died of complications from lung cancer in 1966 on December 15th. A private funeral was held the next day on December 17th. That's not the next day. Why I was would this say, paper Wait, say that? That's not the next day. <laughs> I read that wrong. That's why a private funeral was held the next day on December sixteenth. Okay. On December seventeenth, his body was cremated in Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Glendale, California. You've been, I've there, been there as part of your former job at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. But obviously, he lives. He lives on through all the fans. Oh yeah, all the things. So, I mean, you'd have to be living under a rock to not understand that. Like Disney fans are very passionate. Yes. They think they know everything about Disney, so it would make sense that there'd be some kind of conspiracy or legend around him because Disney people find a legend or something weird about everything like the whole hidden Mickey bullshit and all that other stuff. It's I mean, not
0: you can find them everywhere. Yes, it's awesome. I know,
1: but like Disney as a company has been known to hide like multiple easter eggs in their right. movies. They somehow squeezed a picture of a dick into the cover of (laughs) Little Mermaid. I mean, it's just all kinds of subliminal like message things, so it would totally make sense. And what I'm going to talk about in a minute, which is kind of the conspiracy piece of this, would absolutely 1,000% make sense for something Disney would do. Okay. Okay? So how this all came about, and mine's kind of short this time because, I mean, I think most of the people heard this, so I'm going to put a little sprinkles, a little jimmies on the ice cream here with some other fun facts that are not known out there unless you worked at Disneyland for many years like I did. I like it. That are also urban legends and myths. But anyway, so he passed away. He had surgery, went back to the office, did a few things for the next couple of weeks. Health continued to deteriorate. And then he finally just kind of passed away from complications, not complications, but he had cancer and it wasn't good. And this was in the 60s. There's no yeah. Real chemotherapy or any experimental treatments or anything. So it just, it is what it is. So he, everyone knows this. He had a fascination with the future. Yes. That's why you have Tomorrowland and all the things at Disneyland and whatever. And so that's where this conspiracy theory and legend started brewing. It's like, well, he obviously knows about future things. He is the only person at that time that could pull something off, like being frozen. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I would, I would to believe live that. another
1: day. So that's why these people all started putting this together. And this first came about in a French magazine called, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I took French too, and I can't, I'm not even going to read it. But in 1969, an author came out and like kind of made reference to this, but jokingly. Oh, okay. You know, almost like I'm saying, like it would make sense that he would, if anybody would do this, it would be him. But everybody took it to heart and said, "Oh my God, he's frozen." And then the theory started running wild. Well, where is he frozen at? I've heard under the castle. I've heard under the Matterhorn. Yeah, I've heard under the castle. That's what I always say. Suspended in, in in the Matterhorn, like like you know, like Han Solo frozen in carbonite, like in this thing upright. I've heard under Pirates of the Caribbean, like deep down in the earth. Oh. And so, not to spoil the magic, but I've been under Pirates of the Caribbean, no Walt Disney. I've been inside the Matterhorn, no Walt Disney. <laughs> I have not been under the castle because I don't think there actually is an under the castle, believe it or not. So, I don't... Well, what if they dug a hole and put him in there and then covered it up? See how you are? You're just like do everybody you see else. see how I am? I do. There is a time capsule buried in front of the castle, but there I is? don't think... Yeah, they did that on the uh, 40th anniversary. Hmm. And I I can't remember when they're going to open it, but anyway, I've never seen a frozen in, I can't pronounce this word either. Cryonic? Cryonic? Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Cryogenic? Cryogenic. Cryogenic for the win, yes. (laughs) Yes. I've never seen cryogenically frozen Walt Disney anywhere around.
0: Oh, really? You know, just hanging out? Like, or, hey there, Walt, what's well, up? That's, so
1: that's what these people make it sound like. I've heard things like his head is frozen and not so, his Yeah, whole body. I've
0: only heard his head. I've never heard his but whole body. But this whole
1: story talks about his whole body. And like I said, I've been in every, at least I think, every nook and cranny of the Disneyland resort property in Anaheim. I haven't seen Walt. So if he is frozen, okay. they did a damn good job of hiding. Well, him.
0: I would think that if you're going to hide like a frozen Walt Disney body... <laughs> you would be really, really good at it. And like, you would only be able to get to it with like particular know-how. Like it wouldn't just be like cast members walking, you know, along and like, oh, hey,
1: (laughs) hey there, Walt. See, I disagree. I think that if they were actually going to do this. Would not be in plain sight. Oh, I'd have him on display in the opera house on Main Street. No, That would be the most um, gross popular attraction in the park. Not if they're going to like try to regenerate him. I don't think they're gonna regenerate him. Well, it'd be reanimate because he's an animator, see? Mm. mm. See what she did there? Yeah, I didn't do it. This story did it. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, so back going back to this news article, apparently the the person who wrote it was able to sneak into the hospital and he claims that he saw like this frozen like mm. or like this tube, like this chamber oh. and that Walt was in there. I don't know right. if he was lying to get readers or whatever, but he took that to print, and then everybody started going, oh my God, Walt's frozen, and it's kind of evolved into this different versions, like we said, over the years.
0: Wow. I wonder if, it, has his wife had anything to say about this?
1: His wife, no, but his daughter, Diane, has. She wrote in a 1972 biography about her famous father that she doubted her father had even heard of cryonics. Cryogenics? It just says cryonics. I mm, think that's okay. a different version of that it has been further discredited by those pointing to the existence of a signed legal documents that indicate disney was in fact cremated and that his remains are interred in a marked plot which is a state paid $40,000 for so they have the receipts at Forest Lawn see but and all of that is a matter of public record Yes, I know where you're going to go with this. Please but, enlighten us.
0: <laughs> I mean, if you're really wanting to hide something, you're going to do it right, right? And the Walt Disney Company would absolutely do it right.
1: Exactly. They are known to like so preserve of the magic. Right? They're going to have the paperwork. Yeah, and they're very powerful political players out in Southern California. They could easily swindle all of this. Oh, they're
0: not going to be like, "Oops, I guess we right. forgot to say he was cremated officially."
1: Right, and if if That's the not Russians an could, end, could they hide, would not tie up, if the Russians could hide Hitler's remains for a long time. I don't remember going back to that episode. I'm certain Disney could do this. They could get all the public records they need. Oh, yeah. They could produce the receipts. So, I mean, what do you think? His own daughter says this is BS, but I mean, I don't know. You know Diane, don't you? Didn't you? Uh, well, I
0: don't know her, but I but was with her. But on yes, yeah. You didn't
1: ask her? No. <laughs> ask her that. This here says also that, further by all accounts, Disney was known to be a very private man in life making the quiet circumstances of his cremation and burial far from suspect. And the assertions in these biographies from 1972 have been widely rejected and unfounded. Okay. But the fans still believe it. Well, yeah. And I think this is one of those things like a belief in God. I want to believe it. Yeah. I want to believe Uncle Walt's still around. The other thing that refutes this is says that the science behind cryonics is still developing, even today. (laughs) So, like...
0: Yeah. So the, back then, the like how would they have that there. technology right. to
1: I mean if anything, he's in a styrofoam cooler on ice, not like in a chamber. Well, I hope you it's know? more
0: than styrofoam. And
1: that's what I always heard was that his head was like like on ice, like outdoor vending went and refilled the ice <laughs> every couple <of> days.
0: <laughs> in between their churro making, they went and just yeah, put in because, a hey there uh, Walt,
1: here's your next bucket. Right, because like this technology just wasn't around back then. So, anyway, this is a very short article. If you'd like to read it, it's Biography Magazine, and it's written by David Blatty. Blatty? Blatty? So what, Interesting. What, what, what do you think? Do you think he's frozen or not? No. You don't? I don't think so. So, like I said, there's a few other myths that I'd like to just touch on real quick. I love it. Let's This do is it. probably one of the biggest ones. I mean, every Disney fan out there, if you're a hardcore Disney fan, you ask about Walt Disney, and, oh, oh yeah, he's frozen. He's in one of those locations I mentioned. yeah i always the heard the things, castle, and, that was always the one that... You know what? I haven't been employed there for three years now, so I think it's okay to share some of this. I don't know. Maybe I'll get a letter I'm after sure someone listens to this. Fine. But which one should I address first?
0: I don't know. I don't know which ones you're going to talk so about. So the
1: basketball court in the Matterhorn, right? Yes. Everyone's talks about that, that there's a basketball court. And I've heard versions of like there's a half court. I've heard that there's like a full NBA size court that you could have a game on. I'm here to tell you November whatever, 2020... There's no basketball court in the Matterhorn. Right. I've been inside of it. I've been from the bottom to the top. It's a rickety like wood structure inside, (laughs) believe it or not. And about halfway up, there's a like platform, I guess, where the mountain climbers would hang out in days of yore and Tinkerbell and whatever. Yes. Before the fireworks. There's literally like someone's used backboard nailed to a post (laughs) with a net and someone striped off a key. Yeah, <laughs> that's it for the mountain climbers to probably shoot a few hoops or whatever on this tiny little space. There is no NBA regulation court. There are no intramural basketball games going on. No, <laughs> <laughs> which I mean another note on that. I was on the a Disney intramural basketball team and we definitely didn't play like the final game inside the Matterhorn. Or anything. No, that'd be pretty cool. So, though. that is uh, sorry. That doesn't exist. Disney fans hate De-bunked. to break it.
0: Too. I mean, it does kind of exist ish, but not in the way that people think it does.
1: Right. Right. But that's one of those things, just like this Walt being frozen thing. It's like a game of telephone. Yeah, The rumor starts to spread and the next thing you know, did you know that Michael Jordan shot hoops in the... (laughs) And I guess that is kind of a myth too. And I don't remember who it was, but some famous basketball player over the years did like shoot in there. That's what the story was. And I don't know why they would be halfway through the Matterhorn unless they were going to stand on top and... do something i mean like randy travis has performed on top of the matterhorn but i don't know if Mm. i I don't know like if anyone else has done that so yeah anyway the other one is that there's some underground city underneath disneyland now i can't speak for florida which is a much bigger property newer so they may have thought about this to connect the resorts or whatever but at disneyland everyone used to ask me all the time oh you work there what's the underground city like there's no underground city. Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> there's like legit one tunnel that goes from part of Tomorrowland to part of Fantasyland, mm-hmm. which if you're not familiar with Disneyland, all of our Indian listeners, that those lands are right next to each other. Disneyland's quite small for a theme park. We're not talking about a ton of distance here. There's literally a tunnel that maybe a golf cart could fit in. And there's trash compactors and little offices and prep, food prep areas and whatever. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And then in Fantasyland, there's a few underground spots. And then under Pirates of the Caribbean-ish, there's some underground offices and a food service location for the cast members. Yes. That's it. There's no underground city. Is that underground? I yeah. I just didn't
0: realize that. Well, so huh, Disneyland's built there. within a
1: berm to keep yeah. like all the magic in and the outside world out. So at some point, you have to go underground. Right. To go through the berm like I walk through an underground tunnel every day to get from where the bus dropped me off right. to my work location. Yeah. And at one point I had an office in a basement. So I'm underground. But there's no underground city like people were thinking there's this whole other world under, under <laughs> there and you could just like teleport from one area of the park to the other. That's not the case. Yeah. OK. I gotcha. What are some other ones? Do you know of any you work there, too?
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think of you kind of covered all of them. Yeah, I mean, I just heard like ghost stories, like people see Walt in his apartment. Oh, and yeah, there's
1: all kinds of those floating around. That kind around.
0: of stuff. There, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of any like.
1: Those are the two biggest ones I can yeah, think those of, or are the, the three, two big I ones. guess, including Walt being frozen. But there's all kinds of them out there. And we should probably maybe do another episode where I do a little more research based besides the ones that I know of. But I also know there's been all kinds of like just weird stuff that's happened there as far as. You know, accidental death. I don't know about murders, but accidental death. There's more that goes on there than meets the eye. I'll just tell you that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's an interesting place. And
1: because of my line of work, I won't get into too much of that. But next time someone tells you about all these stories about what's beneath the land and all this other stuff, not true. (laughs) And to my knowledge, Walt Disney is not frozen inside the castle or under Pirates of the Caribbean.
0: Or otherwise.
1: If I find out that he is, I'm going to be happy. I will tell you that. Because we could all use a little Walt in our life.
0: We could. Right? I feel like Walt fixed my story too.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So here is- A different Walt. Here is the big closer. The conspiracy part of this. Okay? Okay. It is believed by a lot of people out there that the Walt Disney Company specifically named the movie Frozen. Which, what is that after? It's after the Ice Queen- which yes. is a fairy tale or The Snow or Queen. The Snow Queen. So there's a lot of things you could have named it. Frozen's a single catchy name, but it is now believed that they did that on purpose to alter the algorithms on Google and other search engines <laughs> to make this whole Frozen Walt Disney thing go away. I like it. And so Disney is crafty like that, the they Walt Disney crafty. Company. crafty. I could totally see them doing that, but it just continues to fuel this legend that maybe it's real because they want it to go away.
0: I mean, if you searched for it, it would be Walt Disney's Frozen.
1: Right. <laughs> and so it's funny, though. So I, I type in Walt Disney Frozen f- to do research, further research for this. And the first things that come up were Frozen. Showtimes and whatever, blah, 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 and Frozen the movie. You have to go pretty deep into Google to get to this. Not too far. It's still on the front page. But if you're mm, just a casual observer. Wily Walt Disney. Right. If you're just a casual observer and you type that in, you're going to be like, eh, you might give up hmm so i could totally see disney doing that with all their other shenanigans that they hide in their movies and everything else so yeah that's the theory out there do you believe that walt is really frozen no, under the matterhorn i don't i was asking the audience
0: oh i'm sorry <laughs> i was gonna say you already asked me that
1: i did that's my story i love it all right
0: well i think those were some good ones we had tonight
1: yeah they were fun you know a little they were, lasagna well, murder I'm action fun, but... little basement sex Backdoor sex, whatever it was called.
0: <laughs> it was on the stairs.
1: Allegedly, stairs, bedroom, Alleged. whatever. We had a little uh, post lasagna sex and a little frozen Walt Disney. I like it. This show's really taken off. <laughs> I like it.
0: To see pictures and more information on these cases, be sure to follow us on social media at How Did We Miss That. And a big thank you for our theme composition it goes to Audio Anywhere Productions. You can find them at audioanywhereproductions.com. See you next week. Until then, keep your head up and look out for each other.